Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Lawson, and I apologize for a little bit more echo today. I am not recording at home just because of scheduling conflicts, but I'm still recording, so that is, that's always a plus. I'll try my best, though, with my magical editing abilities. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I will try, but I'm not very good at editing, but I, I do my best. So today, I had a little bit of a dilemma, a dilemma. So... I so I'm starting Psalms. This is the first episode of Psalms that just hits. And I looked at I did Psalm 1. It's a great psalm. I've, I'm really familiar with it, so I'm like, I'll study this. And I thought about doing the whole psalm, but then I looked at it, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna have to split this up. Because I've already started going a little bit over. And so I could not fit in, you know, all the truth. I mean, obviously, it would take years to fit all the truth in this psalm into a podcast but you know I'm gonna do my best to get as much of it as I can and so I'm like all right I'll do Psalm 1 1 through 3 three verses how hard could that be and then I typed my notes and my notes ended up being two pages which normally one page is what gets me a normal episode so I'm like oh no so I've decided to split it up so I'm gonna give you the first point today and then I'm gonna give the first and or the excuse me the second and third points on the next episode. So hopefully it turns out cool. And actually this asset or the first point kind of sets up the stage for it. It's not that it's not related to this psalm. It's just that it more sets the stage what kind of what this psalm assumes and it gives you more of the general background of scripture, okay? So Psalm 1, I'm going to read Psalm 1, 1 through 3. That's our passage. I'm reading to you from the Christian Standard Bible, and it reads this way. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So the first point, and really the only point in this episode, is that happiness is central to the Christian life. So there is kind of this misconception, you know, that Christians just can't be happy. We've got to walk around with a frown on our face. You know, we have to be all this stoic, like, oh, you know, we got to sit still. You know, there's many jokes that have been made about certain denominations in worship, you know. But happiness is so crucial to the Christian life. But before we dive in, I want us to look at each psalm we do. I'm going to make a point of going to what type psalm it is. We don't really think about this when we do psalms, but we think about it all the time with songs. Like, for example, rap song, or the blues, or rock and roll. They have all these different things, different expectations, if you said one thing in a rap song, it would be a completely different thing in, you know, a country song or whatever. You know, there's different expressions in each. There's different ways of saying stuff. And so as we study through this, there are many different types of psalms. It's really important. Good commentaries will tell you what kind of psalm it is. And this is a wisdom psalm. It's almost like Proverbs fleshed out, if that makes sense. So, 
we are in wisdom psalms, you know, we are going to see some objective truth delivered with subjectively beautiful packaging. And that that really applies for all the psalms. It's objective truth delivered with subjectively beautiful packaging. So you're going to see stuff that uses, you know, these crazy metaphors. Is it meant literally? No. You know, for example, I forget which psalm it is, but it says, kiss the sun. Does that mean that God requires you to kiss Jesus? No. What it means is, you know, like, bow down to him, worship, endear yourself to him. This is who you want to make happy. You know, this, when it says kiss the sun, it's obviously not being little in the sense of, you have to kiss Jesus, but it means, you know, it has objective truth in that you ought to be, it's a metaphor. You ought to be putting yourself in a position, you know, where you're going to Jesus again and again, bowing down before him, honoring him. That's what it means. That is objective truth in subjectively beautiful packaging. This particular psalm, like we said, is a wisdom psalm, which obviously is there to help us be wiser. So happiness is a recurring theme. Notice this in the very first psalm of the Bible. First, the general life of the wise man is marked by happiness. It says, how happy is the one who does not do these wrong things? How happy they are. And that really kind of blows in the face of sin. Sin's going to be like, man, you need to sin to be happy. You need to do this or else God's just keeping this happiness from you. And what the psalmist says if I accidentally refer to the, the psalmist as David, where it's not mentioned, just bear with me. In this psalm, there's no there's no author listed, but it's just real easy to say David wrote it. <laughs> I, I don't know why. You know, David can be the person David, or just any psalmist in general. You know, we'll just say David. But no, the psalmist makes a point of saying how happy the one who does not do these things. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. The man stays away from things that offer temporary happiness, but that later suck his joy. I want you to notice those two different things. You know, just this low level of happiness where you're like, yay, you know, I got an adrenaline kick. Or, you know, I got this high, but it doesn't last. You know, you have to do more and more and more things to fill that. And it just, it's chasing the wind. Whereas you delight in the destruction. I'm no scientist, but I can tell you that the Bible is an old book. It has not changed for 2,000 years, okay? That means that you do not have to be going to all these other places. You don't have to be doing, oh, I need more, I need more, I need more. You have God's word, and that's what you've got, okay? And that gives us lasting joy. You know, that meditating on God's word day and night makes us like a tree planted by side flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season. We are able to live as we should, like a tree grows as it should. You know, think of a man who is on a diet of healthy eating and exercise. Anyone who has lived a healthy lifestyle knows that it feels good to be healthy, especially if you were not living a healthy lifestyle before and then you got your health back into shape, you know, it feels really good. You feel better, you have more energy, 
You know, it's really good. Or if you haven't slept in a while and you get a good night's rest, it's refreshing. You're living as you should. But problems arise when we start compromising. If the healthy man starts eating junk food, problems may not spring up immediately. You know, you're probably not going to go to McDonald's, get your meal, and then, you know, gain 20 pounds. But you develop a taste for high fats and sugars. And the more we sit around all day, the harder it is to get back on our feet. This is really, we see this parallels really nicely with the Christian life. If we are filling ourselves with things that taste good at the moment, but that's all we go back to, it's going to hurt us. You know, you think of sins like pornography. It's easy just to take a nibble and then to take a bite. And then to take a gulp. And we're just sucking ourselves into really soul-sucking despair. Where we have no joy because we're trying to find it in things that just can't give it. Happiness is huge for believers. Because we glorify God best when we show people that we love and delight in Him. God doesn't need robots to do His bidding. Otherwise, He would have made them. He doesn't need anything at all. What God wants is people who delight in him. I love the words of John Piper. I've said it a few times on this podcast. They are really good. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Your happiness is a reflection of your spiritual health. In my own life, I've seen this. My circumstances do not dictate my joy when I'm... You know, when I'm fulfilled, when I'm being godly, but when my circumstances do dictate my joy, it's generally in an area that I fail to submit to God. It may be pride if I'm embarrassed or whatever it is. If I'm like, oh, I can't do this. That means that's because I've not submitted my pride to God. And that's why my circumstances are dictating my joy. But if I surrender, you know, those things to God, I can still have joy. You know, I go back to my junior year, which was actually a year ago. I say, like, I go back, man, like I'm an old pastor. I'm not an old pastor. I am a senior in high school. It's been one year since I was a junior, not even that. But in my junior year of playing basketball, you know, before before that year, I played basketball, like, a good amount. Like, when I played, I would start, you know, it'd be great. I'd be shooting, scoring. And then my junior year, I hardly touched the floor. And that was tough, you know, that's, as a competitor, I wanted to be out there. You know, I would still help my team, get my team water, because I'm a team player. But at the same time, you want to be out there, you know, you don't want to be the person who's keeping them hydrated, you want to be the one who's being hydrated, you know, who's scoring, who's doing these heroic feats. So in the Bible, we love David, not his shield bearer, (laughs) but sometimes in life, you got to be that shield bearer, or you got to be like me and be water boy. And I was able to still have joy because my identity was not in basketball. Who I am as a man is not in my macho-ness. It's not in my abilities on the court. It's not on my job. It's who the Bible says I am. And that is a redeemed believer of Jesus Christ. That's someone who's a child of God. God does, does, does not want us walking the Christian life with a big old frown on our face. He wants a huge smile in our hearts. And to learn from this psalm, we need to see what makes this man so happy. And what makes this man so happy is what we're going to learn about next time. So tune in next time, and we are going to see 
We've seen already why happiness is so important. It brings honor or brings honor to God, and it also just helps us in life, helps us live more fully. So let's see, how does this man have happiness? Tune in next time, and check us out on our website, AdoptedBelievers.com. You'll find resources, you'll find articles, you'll find all our podcasts. And without further ado, I will see y'all next time as we continue our study of Psalm 1, 1 through 3.